You are listening to the Sun Grove Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at sungrove.org. Well, we're in a series called The Story of You, and that's what we're doing. It's uh, an awesome series, and I just got to let you know that people are coming to the Lord. People who are coming to the Lord who literally have like no church background. People are listening online, and they're coming to the Lord, that they're just doing some great things that God is doing that is even outside the walls of what happens right here on a Sunday morning. You might be watching online, or you might be actually right here in this very room, and you're learning about yourself. You're learning how to relate to other people. You're learning how to deal with people who are not like you. And I think that makes us as a church better people, which gives us a better witness when we share with other people why they need Jesus Christ. It's called the story of you. You have to understand the story of you and how the story of you fits into the big picture story of God. Have you ever done something and said, why did I do that? What was I thinking? Like what? <laughs> You're like, what in the world was I, was I thinking? I'm not sure that I was thinking, but you did something, and a lot of us do stuff, and we don't know why we do what we do. And in this series at Sun Grove Church, we're trying to unpack that. We're trying to uncover why you and I do things that we do, what's driving you, what we're trying to uncover is what's motivating you. Why do you do what you do? Why do you do the things that sometimes drive you crazy? Why do you not want the outcome, but you do that same thing anyway? And Jesus said this, he said, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind. And then he said, the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. And again, here's why you need this series. The story of you only makes sense within the big picture story of God, that your life, your significance, your purpose for living only makes sense within God's story. It doesn't make sense for you to have your story all to yourself or just to your family or just to your success in the workplace. That your story makes greater significance within the big story of God. And we started with week one, the reformer. And the reformer is pretty amazing because they just see the world the way it could be. And at their best, they realize if we just tweak something, we'll make it better. But at their worst, they can be self-righteous judges and kind of judging everyone and everything, including themselves. Then we looked at the twos. The twos are the helpers. And at their best, they serve, they love, they take care of us. At their worst, they become prideful and resentful sometimes because they're taking care of everybody and everything. And today we're going to look at the three. And I'm going to try to be really, really gentle today. I'm going to try to be really delicate because I'm a three. And there are some personality types, honestly, that if you love one, you know one, or you're married to one, that around them, sometimes you got to wear a hard hat. That you just need to wear a hard hat. And let me tell you, this is one of those personality types. If you're married to a three, you're going to understand today why you're a little bruised, why you're hurting a little bit, because we're just driven people. And we're going to look at the motivation of the three today. And my prayer is that if you are a three, that you would better understand yourself And if you know a three, that you would at least have some compassion for the struggle that is literally every single day in their life. It really is. So we're going to look at the achiever in the Bible today. Take out of your program, your outline. You're going to want to write some things down today. We're going to look at the achiever in the Bible who's a very, very busy person. And that's what threes are. They're just constantly busy. They're always got something in their mind. They're always looking ahead. And achievers constantly think about the future. 
Achievers are constantly thinking about the, fu- the future. Some of you are always looking in the rearview mirror. You're always looking in the past, not achievers. Achievers kind of don't care about the past. They're looking at what is ahead. The future excites them. The possibilities excite them. And we're going to look at a guy in the Bible who is interacting with Jesus, and he is very concerned about his future. And so if you have your Bible, open with me to Mark chapter 10, beginning with verse 17. It says this, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? So this guy runs up to Jesus. Think about that. Like most people are probably walking around. They're probably in a crowd. This guy, no, he runs right up to Jesus. He gets down on his knees. And that's what threes do, right? He runs up to Jesus. Threes got places to go. They got people to see. They got things to do. They want to make stuff happen. And threes feel like life is too short. They always have a sense of urgency. So they're going to hustle. They don't have time to walk. They're going to run up to Jesus like this guy. And they're always in a rush. And threes just, they, they do. They're just constantly in a go, go, go mode. Threes think speed limits are for the worst inclement weather. Those are suggestions, right? Because they just got to go, 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 go. And, and that's what it's all about. Literally, they have to rush home so that they can sit down and relax. There always is a race. Everything's a race. Everything is absolutely a race. And literally, if you're a three, you're going to say, listen, and you're driving on a road trip, you're going to say, listen, kids, I don't care if you have to pee. We are not stopping because all the cars we've passed are now going to pass us on account of your bladder. <laughs> we're going to find creative ways to handle this problem, but we're not stopping. I mean, that's, that's what it's like to be married <laughs> to a three. And this is how you know if you have a child and if this child of yours is possibly a three, your kid at about the age four is going to ask, what's going to happen to Sun Grove Church when Pastor Dave dies? And you're going to be like, why? Are you going to kill him? And you say, No. I just need to know where my future lies. That's what that four-year-old is thinking. Because threes, they are always looking ahead. They're always looking at the future. And they want to be either the president, they want to be a pastor, or in their industry, they want to be a major player. A three wants to be successful at all costs. And it matters. It matters to the three. Why? Why does success matter to a three? Write this down. Achievers want to make a difference. They want to make a difference. They're not simply interested in achieving to achieve. They actually want to make a difference in, in their company, in their lives, in their family, in the world. And so this man comes running up to Jesus. He kneels down and he says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He wants to know. He's really asking this. He's asking, how do I win? How do I win? Just know this. If you have a three in your life, Playing Uno with a three is a dangerous proposition. I mean, it just doesn't matter. Somebody's got to win. It's going to be the three they're hoping, and other people have to lose. And even if you're playing grandma, she's got to lose because she needs to know her place. (laughs) That's the way it is for a three. That's the mindset of a three. They could be a six-year-old, and they still think that way about poor grandma. Now, in America, this is land of the free and home of the brave, right? No, it's actually home of the brave and land of the three. That's what America thinks. That's what they do, right? We watch the Super Bowl, and the Super Bowl comes on, and you get all the way to the Super Bowl, and you watch this amazing game, and at the end of the game, you watch the team that loses, and what do they do? They cry. They lie down. They get in the fetal position, and they cry, and you're saying, listen, I mean, you made it to the Super Bowl. Like, 
I can't even get tickets to the Super Bowl. I'll never make it to the Super Bowl. I, I can't even get there. And yet you made it all the way there. And at the end of the game, you're crying. You came in second. So what do Americans do when you come in second? They cry and they lie down. Because it's first or worst. And we want to win. See, it's not enough to be a billionaire. You know we actually rank them. We rank billionaires. And I guarantee you they keep an eye on each other. Like, oh, you made a billion this year. Congratulations. I made 10. <laughs> that's what they do, right? But why? Because they're achievers, and that's what the way America is. America is all about achieving. And literally, you've got to be successful. You've got to achieve, strive. You've got to hustle. You've got to be the best no matter what. And that's why threes feel very at home in America, and they feel miserable. And we're going to talk about why. So this man runs up to Jesus, slides up on his knees, says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Here's the question that he's really asking. This young man is saying this, not only am I winning at this life, Jesus, but I want to know how to win in the next. I want to know how to win. So Jesus does this Jedi mind trick where he's is going to the heart of the issue rather than answering the question that he's been asked. And in Mark chapter 10, verse 18, he asks the man, he says, how do I, you know, inherit eternal life? Jesus turns around and says, why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, you shall not defraud, honor your father and mother. By the way, Jesus starts listing out the Ten Commandments, and I want you to know that these are not the Ten Suggestions. These are the Ten Commandments, right? So the first one, he says, is don't murder. So I just want to let you know, if you're thinking about killing someone this week, God doesn't want you to do that. Don't do that. That's not what God's will is in your life. If you're thinking about this week, don't do that. Next one, he says you must not commit adultery. And some of you don't know what adultery is. Some of you young people think it means being an awesome adult. That's not <laughs> what it means. Adultery means that you cheated on your spouse or you cheated with someone else's spouse. And God says don't do that. But here's what our culture doesn't get. If you're single, it means... Don't cheat with someone's future spouse, even if they are currently as single as you are right now. Some of you didn't know that. You might need to write that down. You might need to understand that. Don't do that. Next, he says, don't steal. Listen, especially if you're a three, don't steal. Don't do insider trading. Don't defraud. Don't steal to achieve. If you steal, it will be the last money you ever receive from that employer. Don't steal. Next, Jesus says, don't testify falsely. Don't lie under oath. If you're a three, that'll be tough as we talk about your core sin. Next, it says you shouldn't defraud anyone. And next, he says, honor your father and mother. So Jesus starts listing out the Ten Commandments. These are the Ten Commandments that, by the way, none of us can keep perfectly. Have you lied? Have you worshiped something else besides God? There's so many different elements in the Ten Commandments. The law reveals what sin is. Jesus conquers and satisfies what we could never by our performance do. So Jesus asked him this question. Have you done these things? The Ten Commandments, right? And then the passage picks back up. Teacher, he declared, all these things I have kept since I was a boy. And Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. 
then come follow me. Jesus is inviting him into relationship, right? At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. See, Jesus starts listing out the Ten Commandments, and the, the guy is sitting there going, check that, check that, done that, been there good. I have followed all these things, all these things that you have said, I have followed them, and that's just a beautiful thing. Since I came out of the womb, I have actually been successful at everything I do. I've kept all those, and here's what Jesus knows. Just because you kneel doesn't mean it's real. Just because he runs up and he soccer slides in front of Jesus he knows that that doesn't mean that he will actually become a fully devoted follower of Christ. What's he saying? Jesus knows just because you come and you worship, just because you attend a church, just because you're involved in different things, just because you're a good and a moral person doesn't mean that you can inherit eternal life. And that's hard to hear, especially for an achiever, right? Write this down. Number three, it's hard for an achiever to be real. It's hard for a three to be authentic. It's hard for the three to allow themselves to be genuinely loved by other people. And notice here that Jesus feels genuine love for this achiever. Why does he care about threes? I mean, they changed the world. That's why he cares, because they change the world. Now they drive us crazy, but they will change the world. And this man has the potential, as Jesus is looking at him, to change the world. And he says, what must I do to be successful? And Jesus said, there's only one thing. Wouldn't that be great? I mean, there's a lot of us, Jesus would be like, well, where do I start? And he pulls out the list, right? But for this guy, Jesus goes, there's just one thing. There's just one thing you got to do. How nice would that be? Seriously, just one? I thought there'd be a whole lot of things I got to do. Nope, there's just one. Imagine that. He says, go sell all your possessions, give the money to the poor, and then you'll have treasure in heaven. And some of you are like, man, that's easy. I could give all my money to the poor. That's easy. Yeah. You know why you say that? It's because you're a college student. And you're like, yes, Jesus, I love you. I'll give you everything in my pocket and my debt. And I will just go follow you all the rest of the days of my life. That's what college students do, right? But listen, some of you in this room... We've worked really hard. Let's say you've made some money. Let's say you've done well in life because you've tried hard. Well, this makes that calling really, really different, doesn't it? It's difficult to just let go of all your possessions, give it to the poor, and then you'll have treasure in heaven. Jesus says, come and follow me. And it says that this, the man's face fell. I can win, I can win. I'm just find out what the one thing I need to do is. And the one thing that Jesus mentioned that was a hang-up for this man caused his face to be downcast. His face fell. And he went away sad because he had many possessions. Listen, if you're a three, you don't have a lot of possessions. Your possessions possess you. If you're an unhealthy three, all your possessions possess you. And they frankly don't satisfy. And that's what Jesus is getting at. Forget the idea of treasure. How do you get treasure in heaven? Forget that. The, what, the thing that's keeping you from following me right now is your stuff. That's what Jesus is saying to this guy. What's to stop you from being just like one of the 12? One of the other disciples. They've left everything to follow me, to have relationship with me. And Jesus gives him this wide open invitation. 
Leave all that behind and come follow me. Come into a life where we don't have a bunch of possessions. Come into a life that will change the world. Come into a life that you'll be with the the God become flesh, Jesus Christ. He's inviting him into that in that moment. And all of a sudden the man realizes, no, my stuff possesses me. Listen, for him it was his stuff. For some of you in this room it might be a relationship. It might be bitterness about the past. It might be anything that Jesus is asking you to finally lay down and instead come follow him. And for some of you, your face would get downcast and and get sad because you're just not willing to forgive, because you're just not willing to let go of that relationship, because you're just not willing to let go of the, the sin that you cherish so much and the ambition that you have. And you might go away sad as well, but Jesus is inviting you and me and this man into relationship. See, threes define themselves based upon the clothes that we wear, the car we drive, the house we live in. I mean, this is all about image, right? I've got to look successful. Everything in me has to look good. And from the time you were little, you cared about the clothes you wore. Like there are other people, we'll look next week at the individualists. They don't care about labels. They don't care about, you know, about really their clothes that much. Clothes are something you have to have, not something that you get to have. A three cares about clothes. They want the label on there. They care about the image. And if your style is Nordstrom, but your family style is Goodwill, you're like, parents, come on, you're killing me. You're killing my style, even when you were a little kid. And this man, his face fell. He went away sad. And how sad is this? This guy was inheriting the whole world. And yet he would forfeit. He would lose his soul. Listen to me. If you're a three, when you die, you don't take any of it with you. None of it goes with you. The only thing in heaven is whatever you invested in heaven. And that's it. Jesus says, sell all you have. Then you have real, lasting treasure. Well, they have this experience. The man's face falls. He goes away sad. And the scriptures say, Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? And the disciples were amazed at his word. But Jesus again said, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were even more amazed. And they said to each other, well, who then can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. And Jesus' words amazed the disciples who were there. Why? Because in the ancient world, they thought, if you're rich in this life, then obviously God loves you in this life. And if you're rich in this life, then obviously you're going to be rich in the next. So they would see this rich young man come running up and go, this guy's got it made. He's already won the game. It's already good. And Jesus is saying, he can't get from here to there. Jesus flips that thinking upside down. And sometimes that thinking creeps into our culture. Sometimes that thinking creeps into our churches that says, hey, if a person appears successful, if they look like they have it all together, that God somehow wants you to be rich beyond your imagination in this life, and then you're also going to be rich in the next life. And Jesus flips that thing upside down. It's why we always have to go back to the scripture and say, what does Jesus say? And what do the, the, the words of the people that I'm listening to, are they tickling my ears? Because the ears of the Jewish people have been tickled to think that you could be wealthy in this life And that was a sign of the love of God and blessing on your life. 
and that you obviously would be wealthy in the next. And Jesus says, that is not so. He says, not only will the rich not get into heaven, but it's impossible for them to do so. He says it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And again, he's saying this on their own. It's impossible on their own. But what he's saying is this. He goes, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Now, I know some of you grew up in church, and I know along the way you probably heard some nice sermon about that there was this one little gate, it's a little gate, going into Jerusalem, and the big camel really had to take off all the luggage and could barely squeeze through the little gate. Listen, I've investigated it. There's absolutely no historical evidence. There is no camel's gate. What did Jesus mean? He meant it's impossible. He meant what he said. A camel cannot go through the eye of a needle. That's what he's saying. It just simply can't happen. It cannot be done apart from God. And so the disciples, their mind is blown. And they're like, well, then who then can be saved? I mean, if that rich person can't do it, that one who's kept the law his whole life, if he can't do it, then, then how is there hope for any of us? Because they have the advantage. He's rich. He's got the advantage. What Jesus meant is what he said. It's impossible. It's impossible for you to get to heaven on your own. And Jesus looked at them, the scriptures say, and I, I want you to understand that I believe he looked intently at them. That he looked at them. And people will say this, they're often intimidated when threes talk. Threes, right? They're big personalities. My kids will be like, Dad, you're a big personality, right? At times I'm intense. That's how God made me. But Jesus said, even to a three, he said, listen, humanly speaking, what you're asking is impossible. Do you know that many of you don't believe that it's impossible for you to earn your way to heaven? Do you want to know why I know that you don't believe this? Because you don't share your faith. You don't share your faith. You don't share your faith with, in Christ with your Hindu friends or your Muslim friends, your atheist friends. You don't share your faith in Christ with your naive friends who believe that they're kind of good enough to get into heaven on their own. You don't share your faith. That's how we know that for some of you in your mind, you don't share your faith because you believe that there's some other way other than Jesus for people to actually get into heaven. And a lot of people believe that. People tell me that all the time. Well, I'm good, right? I'm good enough, I'll get into heaven. And when they say that, they're naive because they're comparing themselves to some like idiot they know and they think I'm better than that knucklehead and so I'm obviously gonna be good. I'm obviously gonna get into heaven. But do you know why you're not going to get into heaven? Because you're not Jesus. You're not Jesus. Your friends aren't getting in. Your family's not getting in. Gandhi's not getting in. Mother Teresa's not getting in. Billy Graham's not getting in. The Pope's not getting in unless they follow Jesus. And that's what Jesus has just said regarding this ritual. Unless he leaves his, what's holding him back and comes and becomes a Christ follower, he's not getting in. It's impossible. You can't get here. You can't get there from here apart from Jesus. Listen to me. Why can we trust Jesus? Because the scriptures say that he came from there to here. And I just want to let you know that he then is a reliable guide. Human religious leaders have not been there and come down to here. 
Jesus Christ has. He's a reliable guide. You can't get there apart from Jesus. And that's why we need to share our faith. And that's why we need to tell people about Jesus. Even the most successful people, we need to share Jesus with them. The rich young man who's done everything right since he was a kid can't get there from here. But Jesus says, with God, all things are possible. And that's one of the beautiful things that Jesus describes right there. Number four in your outline says, the achiever reflects God's hope. The achiever reflects God's hope. That what's impossible with people is possible with God. Here's why we need to love threes. The beauty of the one is that they see if they just tweak something, it can be better. And the beauty of the twos is that they can serve and make sure that everything and everyone is taken care of. But I want you to know something about threes. Threes don't adjust something. They don't adjust. They might change everything, but they don't adjust. And they certainly don't naturally serve. If you've come across a three who is serving, they're probably a healthy three. But an unhealthy three, they don't serve, they delegate. They don't do it themselves. Threes don't adjust. They don't certainly naturally serve. Here's the beauty of the three. Write this down. The beauty of the achiever. They're not limited to what we see in the world. They see things that aren't. That aren't. They see things that don't exist. They see things that nobody else sees. They, they go after what the world says. Well, that's impossible. And they're like, that's exactly why I'm going after it. That energizes me. That challenges me. You know what people said about the Wright brothers? You know the Wright brothers, the guys who invented the airplane? They said about the Wright brothers, they're either liars or flyers. How many of you have been on an airplane? They were flyers. They were flyers. They saw things that nobody else could see. They see possibilities that no one else sees. That's why they're amazing. Praise God for you threes because with you, with you threes, there is compelling vision with you. There's big kingdom impact with you. You see how ministry can be done in ways it's not currently done. You have great big faith. You're ambitious for people finding hope through Jesus Christ. You sacrifice greatly. I praise God for you who are threes. The church needs you, and you need the Lord Jesus Christ. Threes see the possibilities that no one else sees. That's why they're visionary. Write this down. The motivation of achievers is to be successful. See, if you've got a first grader and they want you to buy them a suit, you've got a three. <laughs> Threes need to win, which means you need to lose. And their motivation is to be successful. It could be academics. It could be money. It could be acting. It could be performing. It could be singing. It could be dancing. The three doesn't care what the stage is just as long as they're on the stage. They want to be successful in their field. They want to be successful utilizing the talents and the gifts that God has given them. Write this down. The achiever's inner need, this will be surprising, is to achieve. That's why we call them the achiever, the three. They've got to leave their mark. They've got to be remembered. You say, that's crazy. Why do you care so much about what other people think? Because that's what threes care about. They say, I want to make a difference. I want to see my name in lights. That's what drives a three. Something that's not on your outline, but I want you to write this down. What does an unhealthy three have to avoid at all cost? Failure. 
What does an unhealthy three have to avoid at all costs? Failure, as I was doing my final prep on my sermon notes, I realized uh, that this did not make your outline. Do you see the irony? <laughs> what do we want to avoid at all costs? Failure! Didn't make it on your outline, right? Threes, we don't fail. We don't lose. We run out of time. Failure is not an option. It's why this is so very sad because you know what failure actually does in our lives? It teaches us. It grows us. It strengthens us. But threes often prefer being shallow. Like if you're a three, you and I, we run away from things we know we can't win at. I don't want to try because I know I can't be the best. I know I can't win at that, so I don't even want to try. How do you become a deeper person? By embracing failure. And here's what failure teaches you, threes. It teaches you that you can't do it all. That things are going to fall apart. That you can't get from here to there without Jesus on your own. See, we're mo some of the most driven people on earth. And let me give you some advice for, fr for free. If you, are, uh, you love a three, you're married to a three, you're raising a three, uh, I'm going to give you some advice for just absolutely free. Don't believe their goals. They would say this, my goal is to put a TV in the house. No, it's not. It is not to put a TV in the house. If you're married to a three, it's a step. Their goals are always progressing. They're never stagnant. They always move. It's a step to the next goal of a bigger and a better TV and a sound system and theater-style seating and an in-and-out burger catering truck sitting outside your house all the time making your neighbors salivate. That's what a three wants to do. Their goals are always moving. They're never stagnant. They'll say this, listen, I'll be satisfied once I make a million dollars. No, they won't. Because that goal moves. Now it's 10 million. Now it's 200 million. Then literally a billion. Don't believe their goals. If you love an unhealthy three, they will never be satisfied ever. But a healthy three knows where life in this life is found and where life in the afterlife is is found. Well, what's their course in? And I just got to admit, this is embarrassing uh, because I'm your pastor and I teach every week. Please come back. <laughs> the course in of the achiever is lying. It's lying. They're not honest. Do you know why? Because the truth is painful. The three has such a need to be successful that, that sometimes they create lies in order to meet their own standards. And you're looking at that saying, well, that's crazy. Well, threes are some of the most successful people that we know. Many of you, you look up to threes, you listen to threes, you follow threes. Your lives have been changed by threes, but at their core, threes are insecure in who they are. They lie about their accomplishments because they feel like no matter how much they did, it's never enough to earn your favor. So they lie to everybody and oftentimes including themselves. Why? Because we fear being worthless. Like if I don't have nice clothes, who will love me? If, if I don't drive the best car, who am I? If I don't live in a nice house, you probably won't want to come over. Years ago in the 80s, I worked at a dude ranch, right? So picture back in the 80s and I went from California to Colorado and I spent a summer working at a dude ranch. And at that dude ranch, 
we care about like how we look, right? Except you go to a dude ranch and nobody cares. It's cowboy, it's dirt, it's horses, it smells, it's, it's you know, people services. But even in the 80s at that dude ranch, I would take my cowboy hat, you know, my low brim Stetson, and I'd wear it back on my head. You know why? I didn't want to mess up my hairsprayed bangs that had a nice little wave to them because threes care about fashion. And let me tell you, 80s hair was big fashion, literally big fashion. And even when I was there, I thought, oh, it's just I'm, I'm more image conscious because I'm from California. No, it's not. It's because I'm a three. It's because I'm a three. I changed three shirts this morning. Threes, we're fools for fashion. We just are. And it's born out of an inner kind of insecurity. And so their core sin is lying, trying to make themselves and everything else look a little bit better. Write this down. The underlying emotion of the achiever is shame, right? If I don't have nice clothes, you won't love me. If I don't drive this car, you won't date me. If I'm not successful, you won't care about me. The fear of the three is this. If you really knew me, really on the inside, I'm afraid you might not love me. You wouldn't want to be my friend. You realize that's why so many actors in Hollywood go crazy? Because they think this. If once I'm successful, then everybody will love me and I'll be satisfied. And this is what happens. They become famous. They become incredibly successful. And they go nuts. And they're not satisfied. And they go into depression. And they flip out. Their fame has actually undone them. That's what happens to them. Let me tell you, the three believes that achievement will satisfy. Why? Because of shame. Because of shame. No amount of success, and hear me, no amount of success can ever cover your shame. Only the blood of Jesus can. You could achieve and achieve and achieve. You could do all these things, but only the blood of Jesus will cover your shame. Don't chase your dreams. Run to the cross. Slide on your knees before the cross of Jesus because he can deal with what's wrong on the inside of you. The three needs to be real with himself or herself. If you're a three, you probably lie to yourself more than anybody else. You're not honest about how you feel. You're not honest about what you've done or where you're going. You're not honest. And God's word keeps me honest about myself. You see, the reformer, the person who, who will tell a lot of other people, here's what you should do, and they know right and wrong, they have an internal moral compass. They, they just come with it. They're hardwired with the internal moral compass. The helper, they will help people and love them, but sometimes their motives can be tweaked, right? They need God's word to show them that their motives matter. The achiever, they have no internal moral compass. They don't. So they need the word of God to reveal to them the direction in which they go. God's word, listen, is the steering wheel and it will point you in the direction that you and I should take all of our drive. You need the word of God. Without God's word, you're gonna be lost and you're gonna end up destroying yourself. Listen to me, if you're a three, your dream that you're chasing can be your nightmare and it may be the very thing that Jesus came to save you from. Because your success and your achievement will never satisfy. Only the blood of Jesus will cover up your shame. 
So how can you be real with others? Listen to me, threes. James, the brother of Jesus, tells us. In James 5.16, he says this. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. You need to confess your sins. And when you confess your sins, God forgives you. But when you confess to other people, then what's going on the inside, the shame gets healed. And so for a three, you need to learn to be real with other people. You need to let people in on the inside. You need to be able to got to learn and tell people, listen, you know that story I told? It's not true. Not exactly what happened. Here's how I exaggerated. Here's what's going on. Here are the commandments I have not kept. Confess your sins to one another. When you confess to God, you're forgiven. But when you confess to other people, you're healed. And let me tell you, some of you need a good friend in your circle group that you can just be honest with. And you need to let them inside. Don't just study in your circle group what the Bible says. But have a friend who's close enough to be more than a brother, more than a sister. One who you can confess sin to, and in doing so, you'll be healed from your shame. Well, how do I love an achiever? I got to speed through this, so hang in there with me. Number one, encourage them to celebrate success. Threes are forward thinking, so they rarely celebrate what God did. It's crazy. Listen to me. Here's why you need to celebrate, because it reminds a three of what God did. And so if you want to help a three, help them celebrate what's already been achieved, their successes. Second, be real with them. I mean, it's hard to be real with a three. They're overwhelming. They're big personalities. They're tough to compete with but they need you to be real with them. Two weeks ago, I'm in an argument in our kitchen with Heather and my son said, Dad, I don't like the tone that you're using when you're arguing with mom. <laughs> Ouch. I need that. And honestly, I respect it. You need to be real with the threes in your life. Number three, encourage them to connect with how they're feeling. You threes, you got to connect with your heart. Threes are scared to death of feelings. Why? Because feelings aren't always successful. They don't always work out with success. And so you need to begin to become in touch with your feelings. Listen, if you're a three, you're beautiful. You're a gift to our church, but your integrity must match your intensity. You must close the gap between your character and your calling as a son or daughter of the Most High God. And it's going to be a lifelong struggle for you and for me because as a three, you'll either do great things for God or for the devil. It's your choice. But my prayer is that you choose to use all that drive and all that energy to do great things for God. At Sun Grove, we praise you. We love you. We cha you change our lives. You make incredible differences in our worlds. You see things that we don't yet see, and I praise God for you. And as you pursue success, my prayer is that you would have a heart to leave behind what you're hanging on to and follow Jesus as the only reliable way to heaven. With your heads bowed, your eyes closed, just think about your own life. I want to ask today, have you ever laid it down and follow Jesus. And maybe today, for the first time, you're realizing, I've been a part of a church maybe, I've done some successful things in my life, and you're realizing that I cannot get from here to there without Jesus Christ. He offers you that ride as a free gift because he paid for his blood on the cross to wash away your sins, which means you get to go to heaven. And if that's you today, you want that relationship, you want that forgiveness of your sin, you pray this right where you're seated. Just pray this. Jesus, today I give you me. I ask you to come into my life and change me. 
Wash away my sin. Make me a new creation on the inside. I believe, Jesus, you're God, that you died for my sin, you were buried in the grave, that you rose to new life. And so today, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of it all and give me eternal life because today I give you me. And right now, if you prayed that prayer, will you raise your hand anywhere in the room that you're saying, today I made that decision. All the way in the back, greatest decision you could ever make over there, on the side, greatest decision over there. You might be in the loft, my friend will see you up there. But if you're down here on the floor, just raise up your hand. Listen, if you just raise your hand, we want you to take out a connect card and we want you to fill that out and give it to one of my friends at the tables in the back. And we wanna give you a gift and also let you know what some next steps are in your spiritual life. Because Jesus said, lay it down, but then he said, come follow me. And we need to know how to do that second part. How now do we follow Jesus? Believers in the room, maybe today you're convicted about the three in your life or you're convicted about your own dreams and agenda. And maybe you just need an honest word with the Lord. Why don't you pray with him as I pray to close? God, I'm so grateful for what you've done in our church. I'm so grateful for what you're doing here, God. We ask you that more and more people would find their way to you through this place and the ministries and the work that happens here, God, because we want it to be all about you and not about us. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. And together, everybody said, amen. We give it up for what God's doing in and through and among us. Thank you for listening to the Sun Grove Podcast. For information on Sun Grove Church, visit our website at sungrove.org.